can think is how now brown cow how now brown cow brown red yellow <laughs> red leather yellow leather red yellow I can't do it <gasps> red leather yellow leather I can't do it like in a normal voice but I can if I'm like trying to be uh this just in red yellow but oh fucking see no, I can't. it's hard trying red to be, leather yellow leather trying to be like Winifred from Hocus Pocus that's what you sounded like the first time you did it <laughs> I mean, it is the time to watch Winifred. Oh my god. Is it? <laughs> Jana thought we were like gonna watch real ass scary movies. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Hannah goes, I put spooky in quotes. <laughs> She's like, oh, I thought we were watching like Hereditary or something. And then we were like, no, no. I mean, I guess. I said Hocus Pocus. And she was like, oh. And I was like, Impractical Magic. And she was like, oh. And then Jana, you watch yeah, the scary ones. We're gonna tape you to a chair. You're gonna be in your own your separate rooms. Yes. You and I are going to watch no, actually, Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind. You taped to the chair and me and Sarah just staring at you with the alien eyes the whole time. Can you imagine yes. an acid trip with that? No. It's kind of what it looks, what it looks like. Oh, I'm jazzed. I'm so excited. Woo, it's a lot. <laughs> but I have a real question. Have yes. you guys watched Clickbait? Okay, why was the eyebrows? Because they're raised. Clickbait. Ooh. No. no, that's a new, new show, right? Yeah, yeah, it's on my like new trending or. Mm-hmm. No, I've not. It's good. Okay, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Just a couple episodes or uh, ten total. Okay, that's not bad. It's a, is it is it like a mini it, series? Yeah, because like at the end of ten, you know everything you got to know. Oh, Every cool! So it ends. Up. Okay, that's nice. I like yeah. that. Clickbait. Clickbait. What is the premise? Um. Okay, let's see. What can I? What can I give away? A, um, a family man gets kidnapped, and then there's this video saying if five million people watch it, he'll get killed. Oh. And then okay. basically the whole show is about like his family, like uncovering dark secrets, but also trying to figure out are these even his secrets or is it all just clickbait? Damn. Ah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Netflix. Reach out to me. I'll write your stuff. Well, I'm it intrigued. Like, like, so it's like on the spooky edge. Yes. All right. Well, when you're done being spooked, make sure you watch Love on the Spectrum because season two. <laughs> oh, my, I'm literally about to cry talking about it. It I is so. It's so good. I love. It's people on the spectrum finding love, and it is just Aww. so pure. Like, the purest form of love I've ever mm-hmm. seen. It's the main, one of the main, okay, so they're all quote-unquote main characters, but the main guy, we all know, if you've watched it, Michael. And they're also from Australia, so they have cute-ass accents, and I'm just, <sighs> I was dog-sitting this weekend, so I walked, finished up the series, and I was like, <gasps> looking over at the dog, I was like, <gasps> are you okay? And of course, they were like, what? <laughs> so, What's it's, if you haven't watched, I'd say, either of those. Okay. Maybe Sarah's suggestion first, then before you go to bed. True. Start yeah. Love on the spot. Something lighthearted. Yeah. I you guys feel need to stand. Ready. Ready. We are ready. But I'm. What like, are we ready for? Isn't it your game? Oh, we are. But we're recording, and oh, this yeah. is Sinister Sunrise. I'm Sarah. I'm Morgan. I'm Aaron. And yes, Sarah, I do have the game. Yes. And we yes. are. We're taking it back to potentially 
Back to life. Elementary school. Back to because this is a game you may have played. Well, I'm not when playing tag. I'm not. Running. No. Oh All my right. god. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're running drills. Go. go oh, outside. outside. Whoever can run up the hill the fastest wins. No. I'm going okay. third. <laughs> can um, we just go ahead and call that order now, or? Well, here. Hold on. I'm asthmatic. I, I, <laughs> I do have allergy-induced so, asthma, yeah. and I would say this is the time. Are we eating popcorn? No. We're oh. playing the game. Don't break the ice. Oh, shit! Yeah. Dude, I have not played this since, like, okay. one time at my grandma's house. Right. Yeah. Let's so, break some ice. Yeah, I have to set it up, though. So hold on, and we'll be right back. be too loud sorry Wes um Zach just walked across the window and <laughs> can we all... <laughs> yeah. yeah Morgan's on the ground now <laughs> okay so we had a little scare a little jump scare after we broke the ice and um, yeah I would say I'm sweating, but I'm not as much as usual because mm-hmm. I have been using zero sweat antiperspirant. Hey. Yeah, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna shoehorn that in there. Um, <laughs> see, Morgan's only sweating out of her eyeballs right now. It's crying. <laughs> <In> my face. <laughs> oh my god. I'm fine now. I guess. She's not fine. Update, we are not fine. Um, update, it's daylight out and it still scared me that bad. I think it's because I was looking over at the dog, so I wasn't expecting yeah. someone to walk by. Do you ever watch a scary movie and you watch that blonde bimbo, whatever, like scream and whore and you're like, who would ever do that? Literally, I had to see nothing. Morgan screamed and grabbed my hand. I screamed and was ready to sprint out of here. It wasn't until I just saw Aaron laughing that I, I realized thought, we're not in immediate danger. Yeah. I thought Sarah was going to, like, rocket through the ceiling. <laughs> Both of you just I did crouch on the ceiling. That was the best thing that could have happened. God damn. Like, it's one thing I'm, like, a little squirrel box fine. I'm like, ooh, the squirrel. But it was, like, he had his boots on and just, I don't know. It was just, like, that's a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> For everyone listening, if you don't know, Aaron's windows are ground level. In the basement. In the basement. Yeah, yeah. Because we record in the most sinister place we can think of, the basement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, except Aaron's is probably the least sinister basement I've ever been in. No, it's finished and it's plush. The carpet has a nice pile. Like, I could live here. I could live in this basement. Is this a wet bar we're standing at? Yeah. Yeah. I don't Mm -hmm. know what a wet and dry bar is. Wet means there's a sink. Yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. Ah, wet, water, sink, yes. But there's also Mm -hmm. a full bath. Yes. So, so I actually live here. Yep. It's fine. Yeah. A little mini apartment down here. That's going to be one of our giveaways. Do you want to live in Aaron's basement for a week? <laughs> <laughs> in the Sinister Sunrise <laughs> podcast. Woo! <laughs> no, back to Zero Sweat real quick. If you do want to use it, um, go to zerosweat.com. Use code SINISTER at checkout for 
20% off a $15 order or more. Yeah. Woohoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we did finish breaking the ice, and our <laughs> order is Sarah. Me. Mm-hmm. I am the first. Okay, there that we go. good. Thank you. I'm, I literally got the Ross, like, yeah. Shh, shh, shh. <laughs> <laughs> and then I will go second. Morgan will go Shocking, third. I know. We, we may have backed Morgan into a ice block corner. We so. did, yes. I tried to do the same to you, but it backfired. Well, I also backfired. thought it was yes. Sarah's turn. And oh. I was like, ah, you're fine. No, you kept on, like, talking. And I was like, but are you going to go? <laughs> I was waiting for you to realize. Because at first I was like, she seems very calm looking at this board right now. Mm-hmm. Me and Zach are enemies now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm last. So, Sarah, <clears throat> hit me with your best shot. Okay. Well, I don't have a true crime case this week, so we all should be sleeping better. Woohoo! I'll leave that to Erin, but her face is telling me we're not going to sleep better. No, you will not awesome. sleep better. <laughs> okay, so I am jazzed. Um, I brought it up loosely before, but if you will allow me, I will take you down the rabbit hole that may or may not be the lead crime hypothesis. The what? Lead Crime, as in lead. pencil lead. 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 Crime. Yes. Hypothesis. There's not really a way to prove it, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, yeah. I've never heard of it. Oh, the I'm most right. it can ever be, I think, is a theory. Like, there's not going to be a fact. But right now, it's a hypothesis. I'm this ready. is what some scientists are putting forward. Okay, so it's cool. an attempt to solve the weird crime influx and then dramatic decrease in America. So if you look at, like, a crime map from the 1960s, it like spikes up really high in violent crimes in America. Hmm. And then <laughs> she's already laughing. <laughs> so I wrote my notes. I was finishing my notes this morning at midnight and I remember like this just... morning at midnight. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> wow. Like I had some chunks done and then I was like, let's make it flow. Yeah. I said, um, crime and specifically violent crime in America was insanely high. Like, here's how high I want you to be. Here's America. <laughs> this is what you're doing. This, this is, is what, what I, I want, want you to do. do. Um, thank you. Whew. I'm still reeling. I'm sorry. No, you're good. But <laughs> then we saw a dramatic decrease in crime in the 1990s. And before I really dive into this, I do want to be perfectly open and say there are a lot of theories on why the crime curve has shifted. Okay. And as you can imagine... There's a lot of politicians that love to take credit for this in the 90s. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. But also, it's the 90s, baby. <laughs> I think it went down because we were born and everyone said. Some of your favorite podcast gals were, you know, born during that time. Why be violent when you can just listen? And, like, to be fair, we are actually 90s babies. All you people born in, like, 98, get out of here. Oh, you mean we're from the late 1900s, Yeah, the babies? late 1900s. <laughs> listen here, TikTokers. Ugh. Let me TikTok to you about something serious. <laughs> Woo! There it was. Um, yeah, it wasn't a Cardi B, like, you know I'm a bomb, they're ticking me off. TikTokin'. Um, yeah, so my guess is that it's a cluster of things. Like, just like a serial killer has to have that biopsychosocial model, it's kind of like a perfect witch's brew. Ooh. Of things. Perfect yes. for a spooky season. Yes, welcome to October. So, without further ado, um, the lead crime hypothesis states that lead was the root cause of violence and violent crimes in this period in question. So those 60s to 90s. Lead. Lead. Like mm. actual lead. Yes. 
Wow. So this may seem crazy to us now, but do you have any idea how much lead was in our world in the mid, Jesus, three-fourths era, 60s and 90s? Uh, like, are we talking tonnage or? Yeah, the lead per ton per person. What's that graph look you like? Know, <laughs> I actually did. Like spike. <laughs> if the speaking wasn't as crazy, at first I was taking my notes and I was starting to take screenshots and I was going to make like a Charlie Day board. Yes. Oh. I still might for the, we'll see. But like, yes. It could be your relaxing time later. Let me pin this together. Mm-hmm. After I've already presented it. Yeah. I was like. What, what are you doing? I'm like, you can't get rid of me now. <laughs> I already have the ring. I have the red string. It's fine. It's fine. I do have um, red ribbon. Oh. Ooh. So it's classy. Um, okay. So short answer is too much. So apparently for previous like 5,000 years, lead was thought to be like a miracle. Oh. Um, an NPR article I read compared it to our use of plastic today. So it was in our paints that would chip off and babies could eat. Also, it would produce lead dust that we would breathe in in our houses. Pipes where water would flow through. So you're drinking lead, which I found out lead only gets in your water if it's a certain amount of acidity. Acidity? Acidity. Acidity. Thank you. That sounded right to me, but I was like, no. Just putting that ass in acidity. (laughs) (laughs) Back that acidity (laughs) up. Oh, my God. And this is why I'm not single. Because <laughs> I would not do well. Back that acidity up! And they're like, the fuck? <laughs> I'm gonna go with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would too. I, I, would, too. I would too. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I'm cool. I'm cool. <laughs> I didn't want you. You basic. Get that basic out of my acidity. <laughs> oh my god. Get it? Basic acidity. Basic yeah. Yeah. A little science show. A little highbrow for us Ooh. this Sunday. I didn't even write that one down. Wow. <laughs> okay. Um... And most importantly, it was in the gasoline in our cars. Oh. So have you oh. noticed that when you buy gas in the States, it is unleaded, but there is no leaded gas? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That is why. There is a reason for this. Um, and while a That's lot what of, that means? Yes. There used to be lead in our gas. Oh, wow. Yes. I just... Now we use, I just thought it was a word. <laughs> no, it's something like it helps gas move through a car. Like it helps... I'm not going to pretend to be the car person, but it... It helps. There was a lot of other things they could have used. But again, this was America. Mm -hmm. And it was the cheapest, most efficient one to use. So from a business standpoint, I do get it. And they're like, a little lead ain't gonna kill nobody. But there was lead everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. And guess what? A little lead can kill some people. Little lead never killed nobody. Okay, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that would have been the thought in the 20s. So yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so while a lot of other countries were using lead gasoline, no other country can compare to our car culture in America. Like think of the last 50 years, like cruising on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, or like, if you want to take a cross country trip, you're not taking a train, you're taking your personal car. Like that was the freedom, the open road, the Jack Kerouac, get in your van, let's travel, let's do everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas other places like in Europe, they would probably do trains. I only say that because there was like a debunking article that came out where they were studying, I think, some places in Iceland. And it is, but it isn't because if you also look, we use cars like we've never had legs in our life. Like we like to drive five minutes up the road. Yeah. Whereas like in Amsterdam, there's more bikes than people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
not here, baby. We like our curves. <laughs> um, but if you take all that into account and now put it into a crowded city, you have everyone who owns a car driving. You also have big transit buses coming through and all that is burning and pumping lead into the air. So there was a study done recently and there are still traces of lead in the grass by highways. Like it's a pervasive, wow. long lasting thing. Yes. Shit. Yes. Fuck. Which also makes me really concerned because I know I like the smell of gasoline. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, my family and ancestors are like, love gasoline when it's full of lead. Like, sure. What if it didn't smell like that? Wait, I think actually that you get. Yeah. No, this is a. Like, the gas doesn't have a smell. Maybe gasoline does. I think that's a thing. Like, if you like have a gas stove, it's not. When you smell gas, it's what they add into it to make you smell it so you know it's on. Oh. I think that... I'll look it up. I have okay. no idea. I couldn't tell you whether that's right or wrong. <laughs> um, okay, so we know, I'll wait for you, but while it was it was everywhere, and if that's the case, then why is it so bad? Our government would never allow this to happen if it makes people sick, right? Mm. Can you feel my conspiracy hat? Yes. Natural gas has no odor. Gas companies add a harmless chemical called mercaptan to give it a distinctive, quote, rotten egg smell. Mercaptan, my Yes. All natural gas and propane pipelines in Connecticut is odorized. I don't know why it's just Connecticut. (laughs) If you smell gas near an appliance, it may just be a pilot light that has gone out for a burner valve that is open slightly. But I will say, I don't know if natural gas is the same as gasoline, gasoline yeah, in cars. Right. right, you're right. I think gasoline in your car is like a mixture of things to make sure all the parts move correctly. Yeah, you're right. It could be somewhere. I have no I idea. took a different route. Gas, to me, is gas. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's... <laughs> oh. Sarah's working. It's working. What's that bumper sticker? Ass, grass, or bleh? No one rides for free? Uh, Is it gas... Grass or ass, no one rides for free. Never heard of that, but that never heard of that either. And it's whatever. Okay. Um, (laughs) So, lead exposure (laughs) leads to developmental delays, learning difficulties, irritability, lack of impulse control, and high amounts of vomiting, hearing loss, cancers, low birth weight in babies, if you can even produce a child, because it also leads to reduced sperm count or abnormal sperm. I don't I didn't look up what abnormal sperm is. Do you think it's just sperm with like googly eyes? Like what is it? Like a sperm with like two tails. You know, they're just kind of like a little bit different. That's my that's what I'm thinking. Maybe they're I'm picturing like a sperm is like a little tadpole, right? Maybe the heads are. I'm surprised you didn't go mermaid. (gasps) Oh no no no. Wait, very different. Very different, my friend. (laughs) No no no. A tadpole. Thank you very much. Fair enough. Fair enough. Reptile amphibian route. It also, yeah, careful. It also leads to stillbirths, miscarriages, difficulty with concentration and joint pain in a lot. But what I'm saying is there's a long list of like, you don't want lead in your body. So this is like the, if you or your loved one has been, has died from mesothelioma, please contact us. I do work for that kind of law firm actually. So it's like, if you or your loved one has lived in a house with lead paint. My favorite one is like, if you or a loved one have died. (laughs) If I, if I have died, like, well, let me call you. Let me call you. Raises from the I have mesothelioma. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And also, 
the here's the thing it stays in your body for quite a while so to have these effects you don't have to just take a huge shot of it all at once instead and most often it's a slow build it can take days weeks months years e yeah literally lead is like the slow game villain or long game villain so it's so like not only is it bad but it's going to continue to be bad until they figure out that it's bad mm -hmm. and then all the people that have been suffering through the whole thing and while they get rid of the lead it's still happening yeah and um just to make a little little governmental note here um people that like are older and like in congress would have been people that were living with lead paint lead gasoline hmm. like i don't hmm. i don't want to like be <clears throat> stigmatize that. anybody yes. but mm -hmm. you know interesting yes. so just a little boop. nope <laughs> um yes lead poisoning large or small it has an effect especially as young children and it doesn't always appear the same in everyone because again not everyone has the genetic factors and home life to support becoming a serial killer like a lot of people use it to describe like why there's those big spikes in um, serial killers because mm -hmm. there was actually also a large spike in serial killing. Um, so in the 1960s at like the first kill or whatever, like when they started, there was an estimated 217 active serial killers. Whoa. By the 1980s, there were 768 and not everywhere, just in our home country of U.S. of A. That's a huge spike. I was about spike. to say home state, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, hide your kids, lock the doors. <laughs> Woo! But um, I wonder if that correlates with, I know there's like a state that has like a really, it's in Washington, that has like this weird like area in Washington that has like the most serial killers per capita. I don't know, because California has quite a few as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like Sacramento huge, alone, though. they had like... um. You know, I'm not gonna name them. There was a bunch. Mm -hmm. Golden State Killer. Uh, they had Golden State. They had that guy Richard the, Ramirez. Richard Ramirez. Yeah, thank you. The hand. They also had the Hillside Stranglers. Um, Green River. No, Green River was up north. Oh. Bumblebutt. He was down there. There's a bunch. Yeah. There's also a lady who I looked up. Ooh. Oh, Irene. Maybe they just called her the Sacramento serial killer, and she was a woman. Oh, I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, yeah. So then in the 90s, it starts decreasing again down to the 600s. So, in, in some people, the long-term effects may not be serial killing. It may just be someone who has a temper. Like, say, sometimes punishments, they get severe. That could be what they're saying. Like, you don't have to start out as, like, a 100% I will murder you. <laughs> like, if you hadn't been exposed to lead, maybe you had a stern talking to with your kid. But now, because he dropped his plate, you're irritable a lot quicker. I'm mm -hmm. not going to get into generational trauma, I, I but that could yeah. also be. I wish I could put blame on lead on a lot of things. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. They use lead pencils. I don't know if you want to try that or. Hey, hey, it's mug, mug, What's it called? Mag, mag. Oh, is it not even lead in our pencils anymore? Nah, it's mag. I think the only, we still use it in like a lot of science stuff, like batteries and I know batteries aren't science stuff, but. It was bigger words like understand. But like it's not in our general population. Um, side quest. Some people think the lead crime hypothesis was the great empire killer of Rome. Huh. Because um, in Rome, they were even cooking meals in lead pots and pans. Oh, God. Yes. And around the time of their aqueducts made with lead. Oh, no. Yes. It, I don't know. And things just kept brewing and brewing and brewing that I think may have led to their ultimate demise. 
Uh, it's called graphite, not an M. I oh, graphite. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I was sorry. <laughs> it's an M. I know it. <laughs> um, so what caused the drop of lead usage in America? Because they found graphite. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. I don't know. Tell me. Yeah. <laughs> no, something called the Environmental Protection Agency. Ah, So okay. oh, basically science or scientists. The EPA. Yes. They eventually saw that lead gasoline and filling our air with lead is having terrible consequences, especially to children. Thank God. Yes. Like in the 1970s, somewhere between like 70 to high 80% of children had acute lead poisoning. (gasps) It was enough. They would test you twice because they're like, it could be something else. Like if one was lead poisoning and the second wasn't, they're like, oh, wasn't lead poisoning. Yeah. I have chills. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. I'm saying acute lead poisoning. They just found like evidence of lead in their blood, which any level is too high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And now it's something like one in a hundred or one in a thousand. I think it's one in a thousand now. Oh, okay. So, yes. Yeah. I mean, unless you're from Flint, Michigan, but that's a whole mm. other thing. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. Again, leading to irritability, low IQ, low impulse control. Does this not sound like a stereotypical criminal? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're making an archetype for a criminal, that's what it is. Sure Like not. a violent criminal. Someone who isn't super smart, they can't control their anger, they're going to lash out and hurt you without thinking twice. Mm-hmm. Um, it took the world 19 years to eliminate lead from gasoline. 19? Yes. And I said world, not just America. And from just gasoline? Yes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yes. You um, say we were like... America was one of the first ones. Okay, okay. I think it was hard to dismiss all the crazy happening in our country. They're like, maybe we should cut this out. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what's the worst that could happen? You find another source that's just as good. Well, people were concerned it would ruin their catalytic, catalytic converters in their vehicles mm. if they didn't use the lead. Yeah, because you're <sighs> right. Poison is worth it for show. Yeah. I mean, it was a little poison if I can drive across <laughs> country. So, yes, it was a great addition to fuel, but so are other things. As we now know, um, we use ethanol mostly now. Or there, is that carn? You are something I didn't have on my chart. <laughs> um, Your chart. <laughs> well, there are a lot of charts that'll show you. Like, they correlate lead per tons per 1,000, which is actually kind of why it's funny you asked. Um, so they correlate lead per tons in the thousands and then violent crimes 20 years later, and they almost always correlate. Oh, like if it's high lead, then in about 20 years, when those kids are growing up to be adults that make their own decisions, sometimes not the right ones, high amount of violent crimes. That's crazy. That's really crazy. But it is important to note that correlation does not mean causation. Mm. So there are a lot of arguments against the lead crime hypothesis. Um, For example, there isn't really a way to test it. Like you can't purposely give one family lead water and another one not and just wait. You're correct. Apparently that's like not ethical or whatever. <laughs> 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 um, you can go back through and look at charts or not charts. You can go back through and like kind of map where certain criminals come from and maybe mm-hmm. it's the same, but and some yeah. people have done that. That also doesn't factor in anything else that could have been happening in that town. Like what's the lead count amount versus who did what? Like, yeah, that's that's a lot of um, variables. It's a lot of variables because yeah. it also depends. Like, did you have lead paint and then you covered it with wallpaper, so maybe you weren't getting as much dust? 
did you live right by a highway or were you further into a neighborhood? And like, what was your job? Yes. How close are you to, um, oh, one of the studies that actually take into account how close you are to like a lead quarry or something. Hmm. Cause that kind of told them the likelihood of the amount of lead in your pipes. Uh, Cause that would okay. kind of tell them what it was probably made of. Uh, okay. Um, also shocker, shocker, the more money you have, yeah, the less likely. But then again, someone so else pointed, you could have been just as criminal or just as um, violent, maybe had better lawyers. So yeah. Take yeah. That oh up. yeah. Um, you could also say that forensic science and crime fighting techniques have come a long way. Like now we do have um, FBI profiles. We can yeah. Like yeah. kind of track someone before they have to strike. Whereas mm-hmm. 60 years ago, they probably had to just wait and hope to catch you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another. Well, shit, they didn't even know the word serial killer. No. So, yeah. No. Um. And it's difficult to blame one thing for an entire violent crime generation. And so, and then lastly, it doesn't affect everyone in the same way. Like I was saying, if you have the genetic soup to become a serial killer, and then you also like sprinkle some lead topping in there. (laughs) What? Do you like my genetic soup? I'm just done. (laughs) It's soup season, guys. I love soups. It is. I love soups and mashed potatoes. It is my time. Mm -hmm. And not a swimsuit in sight. We love it. Yes. Um, so yes, it doesn't affect everyone the same way. So it's, there's a lot of things against it, but yeah. I also think it's something you should look at because it's very interesting. It is. Yes. Yeah. But it's almost like, I feel like the people who are like anti-believing in it yeah. would be like, well, the sale of alcohol doubled as well. So d- like there's, I feel like, you know what I mean? Like they feel like they'd be very quick to find another correlation between yeah. them but i mean it could yet again it could just be a big old witch's brew of things exactly um but i think we can agree any amount of lead is too much lead so mm-hmm. yeah yeah regardless how it affected you like personally it seems like it just wasn't a great idea to be pumping it into every facet of our life yes <laughs> especially think of like the mothers who were homemakers at the time which was very normal living in a lead house Cooking with lead pots and pans. I'm not sure that Americans used lead. I think we did metal. Okay. Um, That would have been Rome who was doing the lead pots and pans. Mm. But regardless, like, it's just there. You're Mm -hmm. around it all the time. Yeah. I mean, even if you stepped outside, you were around Uh it. There was no getting away from it. Eek. Um, So, yes, that is the lead crime hypothesis. It makes our criminals more violent. Maybe. Perhaps. Mm -hmm. I, I personally think there's some merit behind it. But I do see why it's difficult to test and prove it. But oh yeah, it's very I, it interesting. Has been a hypothesis. It's mm-hmm. definitely a. I feel like one that I will, like. I hope that there's more research into it. It's very interesting the correlations to not even like the count of serial killers, but like the causes, like or like if you have lead poisoning, like what those attributes become. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Yeah. So yeah, lead. Don't do it. <laughs> lead. <laughs> Let's go on to Aaron. Oh, oh. I, say, I led the way. Go, oh. Aaron. Okay, both are good. Both right. are good. This was better because I accidentally said let's instead of led. <laughs> I think led counts. We'll count it. Keep it. Count it. Aaron, what you got? Right. I'm well, is it a kid? Uh, <laughs> it's a killer kid. Well, who's been eating lead? It's a serial killer. Actually, that Sarah may have mentioned <gasps> earlier. I'm covering the Hillside Strangler today. E- so. 
this is a long one, strap on in. <laughs> and I also, like, before I get started, which I feel like this is all of my story, so I hate giving, like, trigger warnings for some and not for others, because they're all bad and terrible. Um, so there will be brief mentions of rape and torture, by the way. So cool. Good just know. heads up. Yeah. And blood. And... <laughs> Not in my story. Wait, when was that you, did not come up. When was he born? Um, we will get to that in oh. a second. Yeah. Why yeah. do you think it's a he? Couldn't it be a she? Uh huh. It's it's he. <laughs> it's fine. Go ahead, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm feeling a little spicy. Mm-hmm. I like it. So, October eighteenth, nineteen seventy-seven. It's early morning in Los Angeles, California, when the nude body of 19-year-old Yolanda Washington was discovered on a hillside on Forest Lawn Drive near the Ventura Freeway. Yolanda was a sex worker trying to make ends meet for her and her three-year-old child. Officers at the scene noted visible ligature marks around her neck, wrists, and ankles. They also determined that Yolanda had been raped and her body had been cleaned before it had been dumped on the hillside. You're just going to really open with the... Yeah, we're diving right in. Okay. Less than two weeks later, they were no closer to finding Yolanda's killer when another body was discovered. Mm. On October 31st, a homeowner who lived near Alta Terrace Drive in the La Crescenta neighborhood discovered the nude body of a teenage girl lying face up in the bushes near a parkway. The homeowner immediately contacted police, and while waiting for them to arrive, this person grabbed a tarp to cover the body with, so children heading to school that Monday morning wouldn't see it. Oh, what a... Okay, good person. Mm-hmm. That's so... Yeah. Can you imagine how scarring that would be? Yeah. In... No, thank you. Mm-mm. And on Halloween, come on, man. Mm-hmm. That's very spooky. Investigators believed the girl weighed around 90 pounds and was about 16 years old. Oh they examined the crime scene and realized the area hadn't been disturbed at all, suggesting the girl's body had been placed there rather than, like, dragged there. Okay. Also, similar to Yolanda, this victim had rope marks around her neck, wrists, and ankles. The young girl had likely been bound and strangled at a separate location. The only other clue police found was a light-colored fiber on her eyelid, which they believed came from, like, a cloth or just another piece of fabric the killer had used as a blindfold. I mean, but shit, she also had a tarp put over, so it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point to bring up, too. Yeah, It's so hard, because, like, I'm sure that person probably thought they were doing so good, but it's like... You did tamper with the crime Yeah, you like, but it's like, what would be better? I think I know. the tarp would be better. Yeah. Let's not scar True. children. It's not like they cleaned the body up and hid them somewhere else. Yeah. Like, she just, they covered it. Yeah. yeah. Forensics eventually determined the body belonged to 15-year-old Judy Miller, a former Hollywood high school student who had ran away and began engaging in sex work in order to survive on the streets. Unfortunately, with the little evidence investigators had, they turned up no leads regarding her killer. Yet another victim, 21-year-old Lisa Caston, a successful dancer for the all-female dance group, the L.A. Knockers, was discovered on November 5th. According to Wikipedia, she was last seen leaving the restaurant where she worked as a waitress. Her nude body had been placed in the bushes on a hillside in Glendale near the Chevy Chase Country Club. Ligature marks on her neck, wrists, and ankles were visible. She had been raped, and her cause of death was strangulation. And it was around this time that investigators began to suspect that a serial killer was wreaking havoc on the Los Angeles community. However, they wanted to keep this information to themselves so as not to alert the killer and hinder the investigation in the process. 
the oh. I was just gonna say so two weeks then you had October 31st then November 5th yes you're getting close so that's up. three within a month oh yeah okay that's a lot that's a yeah s- yeah yes actually like less than a month actually so yeah mm-hmm. there's a lot wow. happening wow okay mm-hmm. The bodies of three more victims Ooh. were discovered two weeks later on November 20th. Ooh, they're picking up pace. Holy shit. The nude body of 20-year-old Christina Weckler, an honors art student attending the Art Center College of Design, was discovered on a hillside in Highland Park. Needle marks were observed on her neck and arms, which didn't appear to be self-inflicted. Forensics later determined that the killer had injected Christina with Windex, so it appeared the killer's murder methods were escalating. Oh. That's for the what windows, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What's next? Not good stuff. That's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Los Angeles homicide detective Sergeant Bob W. Grogan was notified of the discovery. He could see that Christina's body had five-point ligature marks, which is what they started referring the, you know, neck, wrist, and ankle marks oh, that all okay. the victims okay, wore. Like, What's five-point? <laughs> yeah. Um, So if you hear me, yeah, so if you hear me say that again, that's what that is referring to. Okay. According to Wikipedia, when Grogan turned Christina's body over, he saw that her breasts were bruised and her rectum was bleeding. Yeah. The bodies of two young girls, 12-year-old Dolores (gasps) Cepeda and 14-year-old Sonia Marie Johnson, were discovered on a different hillside near the Dodgers baseball stadium. They were discovered together? Uh, Yes. Ooh, they real he is getting twelve. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Terrible. Yeah, take very terrible. Swig of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it's said it was not 30. a good one. Spear thirty a lot for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Both young girls had been raped and had died of strangulation. It was also noted that their bodies had uh, gone through or had started going through the decomposition process. According to Wikipedia, a nine-year-old boy out treasure hunting at a garbage heap had discovered the girls. Could you imagine? Nope, could not. I'm going treasure hunting, Mom! <laughs> I want to be a trash man, Mom! Sorry, nervous laughter. No, you're good. I was thinking of, um... It's always sunny when Charlie and them go to the trash, you know what I'm saying? And they keep bringing stuff home and they have so much trash in their apartment they can't live there. They live in the streets. Like, we're trash men. I'm not going to lie to you. I've seen maybe 20 minutes of one episode. All right, well, I'll make a list of the ones you got to see. <laughs> okay, cool. I watch the Christmas one every year now. Okay, Ooh, cool. Yes. That's how I know I'm I feel different. like that is one mm-hmm. of those shows where it's okay if you watch just oh, like yeah. an episode. Oh, it's definitely. It's still funny. Okay. Their humor is the same the whole time. It I doesn't like have the, to build. It, those, yeah. are hard, those are sometimes hard to like come, like friends, yeah, but truly if you want to yeah. know it, you know, but okay. there's mm-hmm. not many nuances in that show. It's okay. pretty, yeah. Here's yeah. the character. Oh, yeah. that complicated. The whole point of the show is they ruin everyone's lives. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's definitely not a show for everyone, but I personally yeah. really enjoy it. All right, well, <laughs> Depends I'll, what I'll kind of humor you have. I'll watch clickbait and then that because I already finished Love on the Spectrum. So. Okay. There you Perfect. go. <laughs> Interesting evening for you. Yeah. Um, so investigators believed these three victims, like the previous victims who had been dumped on various hillsides in LA, were killed by the same person since they all bore the five-point ligature marks. They had all died of strangulation and no drag marks were noted at the dump sites. However, um, they also began to question whether they were dealing with a single serial killer or if they were dealing with two killers, since the bodies were being handled so carefully as they were being dumped. 
So that's being brought into question. Now. And if they're doing two at once. Yeah. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's kind of a lot to control if you're just one person. Mm-hmm. You may not know the answer to this, and I'm so sorry, like, if I'm throwing you off your groove. No, the you're good. The two girls that were found together. Yes. Did they know each other? Uh, Yes, I'll get to that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yes, to answer your Sorry, question. I didn't want to jump the gun, but mm-hmm. I was just curious. You are good. Just three days later, the nude body of a seventh victim was discovered on a hillside near the Golden State Freeway. The victim was 28-year-old Jane King, an actress and model in the area who had been missing since November 9th. Ooh. Investigators and forensics determined she had died of strangulation, but her body was uh, body, excuse me, was so badly decomposed they couldn't clearly determine if she had been raped and tortured like the other victims had been. Ugh. Terrible. In, yeah. Information regarding the investigation may have reached the killer or killers since the next victim had been abducted outside of her home, 25 miles away from Los Angeles. Oh. Mm-hmm. The parents of 18-year-old Lauren Wagner, a business student living in San Fernando, California, contacted authorities when their daughter hadn't returned home, and they later discovered the keys to her car had been left in the ignition. E- yeah, so definitely, one, not like their daughter to just leave without really, like, mentioning anything, and two, to just leave the keys in I think that's car. pretty freaking weird Oh, yeah. Anybody. That tells you yeah. how quick it was, too. Mm-hmm. She couldn't even close the door. No. Mm-mm. Okay, I'm out. Yeah. Yuck. On November 29th, Lauren's nude body was discovered on a hillside in Glendale bearing the five-point ligature marks. Burn marks were also found on her hands, indicating she had been tortured before she had been strangled. A small fiber had also been discovered on Lauren, which was collected um, into evidence. Rogan went to the Wagner's home to inform them about their daughter's death, but by that time, news of Lauren's murder had already uh, made its way to the media. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. And reporters were already at the home trying to get an interview with the Wagner's. After my case last time of, like, Poland, how they keep everything so secret, I almost feel like it's a small mercy to the families as well. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, hi, like the, that's... Only, the only people who you should be talking to are the people who can solve, who are truly yes. on the case. Yes. Reporters are not. Until you're at that stage where you need to, like, let the public know you yeah. keep an eye out. Yeah. Well, and it's such a terrible way to find out too. Like, yes. here's a microphone in your face. Yeah. Like, hi, you're rolling your this. eyes out, but yeah. go ahead and tell us how you feel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hello. Not great. No. Mm-hmm. Back to you, Aaron. The media coined the killer's name, the Hillside Strangler, which was plastered all over news articles. While the name suggests a single killer was working alone, a neighbor gave a statement to police that argued for their two killer theory they had. The previous evening, when Lauren was supposed to have been home, this neighbor had walked outside and spotted two men forcing a girl into a car. <gasps> according uh, according to Wikipedia, the neighbor heard the girl shout, quote, you won't get away with this, end quote. The girl shouted it? Yes, the girl did. That was being pushed into the car. I mean, awesome. good for you, though. Yeah. I hope Trying I to get away. Yeah. yeah. That's so sad. Very sad. I hope I'm brave, like in one of those moments. Not screaming, getting not ready to run. Like not taking off through the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? It'd be like a firework. Like, if that was a cartoon they... character, it'd be way cooler. Yeah. yeah. I bet Aaron would be unhappy, but that's fine. It's fine. I mean, you don't need a floor. Of, right? I mean, if you keep your 
arms down by your side, it'd be a it'd be a very small hole. I'd be giving yeah. you a skylight. Isn't yeah. that what you want? Natural light. Of, of course. Maybe I could just yes. find something I could put over it. No Actually, one will ever know unless they oh, moved this it. Is a skylight into Aaron's room. Do you know? Oh, what? that's true. Oh man, it works yeah. in the kitchen because you can have a bucket and you can just always have someone like refill beer and bring it down without oh, going up the steps. Fuck. That's fun. All right, next time we do it, I'll I'll find a better spot to rock it. This will be great. Yes. <laughs> a task force of 100 police officers was assembled to deal with the ongoing threat of the Hillside Strangler um, after the um, other victim was discovered. On December 14th, 17-year-old Kimberly Martin's nude body was discovered by two paper boys completing their morning rounds. Oh she, my God. Yeah. It, eight? This is eight or nine? This is nine, nine. Yes, nine. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. It seems never ending. Um, Kimberly had been dumped on a hillside in Alessandro Drive near City Hall. Brogan said in his interview in the World's Most Evil Killers episode um, that I found on Peacock um, that Kimberly's body had been placed specifically overlooking Los Angeles and either um, they kind of demonstrated it. It was either arm or finger or both. It kind of was staged, um, her body was, so that it was pointing towards the City Hall building. Ew. So, yeah. And Grogan was like, this seemed, yourself. yeah, not, it not seemed the deliberate. Victim, the person doing it. Yeah. Like, now you're just doing pageantry. Yeah. Yeah. So it really seemed deliberate the way they had set it up and set up her body. The victim appeared to have been tortured, and she had suffered from a severe head injury. Awesome. Small mercy, though. The well, head injury? We hope. Yeah. Oh, God, I do hope. Yeah. I hate that I'm someone who's like looking for that bright side. There's really no bright like, side. Like, you were yeah. like, That's what I was thinking. Like, I was like, maybe you'd be out of it enough. Like, you wouldn't feel as much, but this is probably. details we don't need to think about. Yeah. They um, ultimately determined that Kimberly um, was a sex worker who had recently joined a call girl agency. So she wouldn't have to be out like walking on the streets and mm -hmm. working on the streets while uh, the killer was on the loose. It's supposed to be a safer way to do it. Yes. So they have to call and like make an appointment. Exactly. Yes. Ah, uh, okay. So they, you know, kind of researched this and they discovered that Kimberly had been sent out the night before to an apartment complex. And when they went to check out the room she was going to visit, they discovered it was vacant and had been broken into. Oh. Yeah. Good. good. So it was a complete, like, setup. What a fucking asshole. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So overall at this point, nine women and girls had been murdered in the span of just three months. And the entire Los Angeles area was in a panic. Gun sales increased and women began to take self-defense classes and stopped going out late at night. According to Grogan, you could just like feel the terror and fear coming off of the public. I mean, girls are getting taken out of their cars. Yeah. Like nowhere is safe, and basically. Like, yeah. Ex like where you are, what mm -hmm. time, yep. age, like it doesn't matter. Yeah. You did like, what? A, Anything. Yeah. A, almost a 30 mile radius at this point, at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Chewy. Yeah. It's <laughs> what? Chewy. <laughs> oh, you never heard me say that? No, my grandma no. always say it if we tooted in the car. <laughs> Chewy. Yeah. Oh, well, nobody's tooting over here, but I mean, this case is stinky. I, I think I it. am like yeah. deep down an, an old grandma, but I'm here for it. Yeah. Chewy. Nothing wrong with that. With the increased police presence, the Hillside Stranglers killing stopped for about two months. 
However, on February 16, 1978, the 10th victim, 20-year-old Cindy Lee Hudspeth's nude body was found in the trunk of her orange Datsun, which had seemingly gone off of a cliff near the Los Angeles Crest Highway. Oh, my God. The student and part-time waitress bore the five-point ligature marks, and she had been raped, tortured, and strangled. Jesus. Mm -hmm. Okay. Almost an entire year passed without a single lead until the LAPD received a call from the Washington State Patrol in January of 1979. So in Washington, police had arrested 28-year-old Kenneth Bianchi for the murders of two Western Washington University students. I think it might be Bianchi. Oh, they were saying Bianchi. Bianchi. Yeah. Hmm. But it could be Bianchi, too. It was uh, The show Bianchi. I watched, I think, was like a British one. So maybe oh. that's the way they had said it the entire time. So I will say it the British Kenneth way. B. I was going to say his last name the entire time. But I can say his first name if you want. No, no. I like Bianchi. I like Bianchi. 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 He's one of the Yankees. Yankee. Yankee. Well, uh, oh, Bianchi. <laughs> yeah. If I'm wrong, let me know. That's how the episode said fair it. Enough, so I was enough. like, okay. Um, Yankee. So he was arrested for the murders of 22-year-old Karen Mandick and 27-year-old Diane Wilder. Their bodies have been discovered in the trunk of Bianchi Sedan. He had a California driver's license on him, so the officers reached out to the LAPD to get some more information on the guy. Oh, That's how you work mm -hmm. together, people. Yes. Yeah. But when the LAPD did some digging on their end, they were surprised to learn that according to his ID and on the back of it, they had like their address on it. Uh -huh. um, Bianchi lived on the same street as one of the Hillside Strangler victims, Christina Weckler. Ew. While... This I'm locking my doors. Yeah. I'm back on that. I'm mm -hmm. locking. Back on it. But I was about to say, white Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Lock no, those doors. I'm trusting. Locking them. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. Locking up. Spooky season's coming up. You know I can come over. Yeah. I'll come over. Just scratch on the To way. try to like come into the house. Then. Yeah. I'd like, <laughs> come on over. I'd no, probably invite I'm gonna, you. I'm going to break in. I'm going to scratch on the window. Sarah just walks in and Morgan's making herself at home. Or just like, like hey. I'll just leave the window open and then I'll run away. And then I'll run away. <laughs> I was like, I think cryptids are real, guys. I heard a hee hee in my window. Or open. Michael Jackson's back from the dead. <laughs> oh my God, that'd be terrifying. Bye. Mm -hmm. Both are scary. <laughs> so while this wasn't damning evidence by any means, this was an actual lead, and the LAPD was determined to talk to Bianchi to see if he was the killer they had been searching for. Yeah. LA investigators were unable to talk to him right away, though, since he had told police he wasn't the one who had committed the murders, um, nor the murders in LA. It was actually his dual personality, which he called Steve Walker, oh, who had been telling him to kill up. these women. Oh, shut the fuck up. It was well, then can we talk to Brother Steve? <laughs> Not that I'm dissing any mental disorder or illness, but that's some fucking bullshit. You just mm -hmm. pulled that out. Steve, oh, yeah. No. You know what? I'd like, whatever helps you confess. Sure, what's Steve. it me? What's Patricia? <laughs> I'll call you whatever you want. Yeah. Just say it. So they got psychiatrist Dr. Martin Orn um, to visit Bianchi to see if his claim of having a second personality was valid. What a fun afternoon that must have been. Like, you're kidding. No, I'm, oh, I'll, I'm just clearing my afternoon. I'm coming mm -hmm. in. After conducting an exam, he determined that Bianchi was bullshitting the entire thing. What? Surprise. I am right? floored. Yeah. Shocked to my very core. Wouldn't have imagined. Once he was outed as a fraud, Bianchi was like, okay, you got me. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's well, like, you got me now. Darn, I guess the jig is up. Yeah. Um, Sorry, guys. <laughs> but then, then he reveals it wasn't just me. My cousin oh. Angelo also killed those 10 women in L.A. He's the hillside strangler. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. And Angelo's probably like, uh, ex- I was what? Excuse me? <laughs> doing what? Who? When? That's the last time I make you Thanksgiving dinner. Right. So getting into a bit of the background around these two characters now. Kenneth Bianchi was born on May 22nd, 1951 in Rochester, New York. And when was Steve born? Was that, that alter ego, day. Steve? Yeah, that same day. Oh my God. So the traumatic incident was birth. Okay, mm-hmm. got it. <laughs> He's always hated women. Even his own mother. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. And his mother was a sex worker and unable to care for him. She put him up for adoption when he was three months old. Bianchi was later adopted by Francis Siliono Bianchi and Nicholas Bianchi. They were an Italian Catholic family and they had their stringent beliefs regarding the roles of men and women in the family system. Hmm. And today, um, from everything like the episode kind of went over, Francis would probably be described as a helicopter parent. She did love Bianchi like you know, one of her own. Yeah. Uh, but she was very protective of him and constantly worried about him and his health, so much so that she would take him to the doctor frequently. But even though the doctor found nothing wrong with her son, Francis just continued taking him to doctor's visits, like believing he was suffering from some ailment. Doesn't, well, maybe that way. Or like yeah. something like similar. I would say, kind of, it's, I, I thought it was kind of going that way, but not, because isn't Munchausen's by proxy where they mm-hmm. like make him sick? So it wasn't anything like that. She just really, like, thought there was stuff wrong, I guess. But I think that would still be traumatic, your mom telling you all the time, like, something's wrong with you. Like, you, and probably, yeah. And I'm sure that goes with, like, oh, you can't do that because of you're yeah. sick, you know? Yeah. We've he, been watching him. He has the painful helicopter mm-hmm. parent. Like, it's not mm-hmm. just, like, worry. It's, like, well, I think that would also make you doubt, like, your own feelings on things. Like, am I even feeling this way or is mom right and I'm really sick? Yeah. 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 All right. That's great. Poor baby. Mm-hmm. Francis also wouldn't allow Bianchi to date either. So again, just oh my god, a bit controlling. We don't want any living girlfriends. God forbid. Yeah. <laughs> According to author and journalist Jeffrey Wansel, Bianchi was a compulsive liar and began to exhibit behaviors at a young age. Shocking. His his behaviors only got worse when, at the age of fourteen, Nicholas passed away. Francis made Bianchi wear Nicholas's shoes to the funeral, which were way too big for him because, of course, he's still a kid. But apparently it was just to, like, symbolize Francis, like, passing down the torch of the man of the house to him. Ew. I I think it would be sweet if he wanted to do it. Dude, most people make a teddy bear out of the person's shirt. Yeah. Which I also, like, again, like, reading other articles and then on Wikipedia, too, it seems like Bianchi didn't even get the chance to like grieve. It was like, here we go. Like now you're the man. Of now the you're house. the man of the house, and this is what you have and to do. How old? Uh, fourteen at the time. Oh my god. Yeah. So right when he's going through all kinds of emotional shit. Yeah. With that passing, and then actually being fourteen. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. He went on to graduate high school, and quickly after that, he married his high school sweetheart Brenda. Their union lasted only a few months, though. Bianchi argued with Brenda regarding her interest in becoming a nurse and just having a career of her own. And after accusing her of being unfaithful, the two divorced. What a heathen. She mm-hmm. wants to get a job. Right? Jesus Christ. 
have a career. Be an independent person. Yeah. The audacity. Mm-hmm. He went on to college and studied police science and psychology. And his dream was to be a police officer, but he failed the entrance, entrance exams on more than one occasion. Mm. Deciding to temporarily give up his dream, Bianchi dropped out of college and found a security guard position at a department store. He was soon fired from the job when he was caught stealing jewelry. Do we know, was he denied because like the test he took was like a psychological exam or did he have a low IQ? Because now I'm keeping tallies in my head. Like he has low impulse control. He stole from his job. Is IQ low? um, That's a good question. Um, I know they have to do you know, different tests yeah. and everything. I actually think he had, if I remember correctly, and I can look this up later on Wikipedia, I think he had a high IQ. Right, like whatever. he was the one that had um, like the book smarts. So I'm not sure what exact test. I don't know if they looked at it all Maybe together. Maybe he like memorize like the codes and stuff. I mean, that's a huge part of it. Yeah. He was book smart, but he made up Steve Walters. He was sick. So to answer your question, Sarah, I looked up um, a Wikipedia page I'll share in the show notes um, about Kenneth Bianchi, but his IQ was measured at 116 at the age of 11. Um, but he was just described as an underachiever. All right. And he was lazy. So Lazy. Mm-hmm. Is that just what it mentions in Wikipedia? Let me hit that. In 1976, Francis reached out to her sister, and the two decided that 24-year-old Bianchi may need a change of pace, and maybe he'd do better in life if he moved in with his older cousin, Angelo, in Los Angeles. Angelo Bona was born on October 5th, 1934, in Rochester, New York, to an Italian-American family. His parents divorced five years later, and he moved with his mom and sister out west, to the complete opposite side of the country, to Glendale, Los Angeles. So she wanted to get out. Yeah. Um, this may be a really dumb question. Is this his adoptive parent? Cousin? No. Angelo, I think, was a... So adopted cousin. This is adopted cousin. Like, Kenneth is adopted so they're into like... the family. But Francis and Angelo's mom are sisters. Okay, so, so Angelo's yeah. like a blood relative. Of his family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what, yeah. Kenneth is the one that's not blood related. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, cool, yeah. cool, cool. I didn't know if he was like, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. So he is blood related. And then, um, yeah, so they moved to Glendale, Los Angeles. As a young boy, Bono would accuse his mother of being a whore since she enjoyed the company of other men. And when she went to visit these men, she had her son stay outside. All right. Which I can see. Yeah. <laughs> but. Oh, well. According to criminologist Dr. Elizabeth Yardley, Bono became fixated on how women acted and how we thought they should behave. He dropped out of high school at the age of 16 and started to get in trouble with the law. He spent his days stealing cars, taking them for joy rides, um, as well as hanging out with gangs. <laughs> this is the cousin. The mom's like, he needs a role model. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, there's there's even more. Nice. <laughs> Such a great idea. Okay. <laughs> he also became fascinated with a serial killer named Chessman, who was a serial rapist in the 1940s. So he had that weird fascination going on, too. Great. In 1951, he spent time in prison on charges of auto theft. By 1970, 36-year-old Bono had been married and divorced twice and had eight children from three different women which is a hell of a lot of child support that he reportedly failed to pay. I'm shocked. Right? He seems like a real stand-up man. Mm, yeah, <laughs> definitely not. 
he was just very like proud of the number of women he had slept with and would maintain control over women by threatening, beating, and raping them. Awesome. But his mom was a whore for having any fun. Yeah. That makes Being perfect sense. Awesome. Cool, cool. Okay. A whore. Yes. <laughs> I don't even say that. I'm sure he's a fine person. Yeah. It's just all that lead. All that lead. I'm... I wish that was like right a time period. Yeah. 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 Wish it was an easy enough York, answer. Think of all the gas and more. Continue. True. He was sent back to prison for a three-year sentence for stealing cars. And in 1975, he was released at the age of 41. Ooh. It seemed like Bono wanted to get his life together somewhat. Okay. So he started an auto upholstery business and it turned out to be a huge success for him. According to World's Most Evil Killers, there were rumors that he had worked on one of Frank Sinatra's cars. There you go. That's yeah. a big name. Damn. I it, love me some Frank. Yeah. And um, it mentioned in the episode that during this time, but I'm assuming he was probably this way, you know, in his early years too, he was just obsessed with cleanliness. So much so that he bleached his house multiple times a week and was able to apparently fix a car without getting a single smudge of oil or grease on him. So if he's like rep uh, replacing the brakes, he's going to have nothing on him. Wow. That's yeah. very impressive. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. A little scary, but okay. Yeah. And this, according to Dr. Yardley, was just another way for him to show how much in control he was of just everything in his life. Okay. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Bono begrudgingly agreed to let his younger cousin, Bianchi, move in with him. He was getting used to his daily routine and living on his own, and now that just seemed to be getting ruined. Yeah, now we've got this weird pipsqueak coming in. Yeah. Probably messy. On the other hand, Bianchi was pretty ecstatic about the circumstances. He looked up to his cousin, and while he, you know, was the one who had, you know, the book smarts, Bono had the street smarts, along with this mafia, tough guy vibe going on. Once he moved in with Bono, Bianchi attempted to become a police officer for the LAPD, but he yet again failed his tests. What they were, I'm not sure. Um, Bianchi wasn't entirely discouraged, though, and he decided to take a different approach to his job hunt. So he fabricated a Columbia University graduation diploma, which showed him <laughs> earning a degree in psychiatry. He even took it a step further and fabricated certificates, establishing himself as a licensed psychologist. The most frightening part of this is the fact that Bianchi was apparently hired as a psycholo uh, psychologist for a time and was seeing patients. <gasps> How long that lasted, I have no idea. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. But apparently that happened. Can you happened. imagine what he said to people? No. I don't want to know what he said. Well, apparently, though, he was a very smooth talker. So I he don't was, care. Yeah. When the doors are closed. Yeah. And he's a pathological liar. And you're in a seat of power. Like, you, yeah. like, like they are paying to be there and to listen to your opinion. Yeah. Oh, hell no. Mm -mm. I'm so sorry. I just think so loud. That's Bless okay. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Bianchi was able to join the LAPD reserves, not as a potential officer, but as an unpaid volunteer. Bianchi also found a desk job where he met his girlfriend, who he later moved in with. Things seemed to be going well with the cousins, and they realized they had a lot more in common than they originally thought. Bono suggested that they make some extra cash by becoming pimps, and uh, Bianchi uh, was more than happy to join his cousin on this new venture. Yeah, you know, the quickest, easiest way to make extra cash. Hey, you know yeah. what I always wanted to do? Become a pimp. Let's start it up. 
Forget DoorDash. What you need to do is pimp. Also. Yes, I know DoorDash wasn't around yet, but they could have done it. They're, they're finally getting close. Hey man, you wanna be a pimp with me? Yeah, let's go. Like, what the fuck was that conversation? Dude, we I come yeah. <laughs> I have been waiting for you to ask me that. You give off serious pimp vibes, bro. <laughs> you get the cat, I get the cane. Let's go. Sorry, that was very stereotypical. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Cat and cane. Hat. I'm sorry. Hat. Ah. Hat and cane. I'm like cat and cane sounds like a weird store you go buy lingerie from. <laughs> Are you sure? Cat and cane. Oh yeah. I, I was thinking more like like a store that like grandma's <laughs> Oh yeah. Like, like home decor. Sorry, oh. I've been going to a lot of bachelorette parties. So actually that's where my mind's at. But uh-huh. you're actually more on point. Yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> we'll be opening cat and cane next season. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah all of our merch <laughs> there. <laughs> it's a mix of both, people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> According to Mark Oliver's all that is interesting.com piece. The men abducted two teenage runaways, Becky Spears and Sabra Hannon, who they forced to engage in sex work. When the girls refused, they were beaten and raped. And even when they were pimped out, when they returned to Bono's home, they, you know, would be beaten. So they weren't pimps. They were holding sex slaves. But they said they were pimps. They probably even had cards, too, that said it. <laughs> they would have paid for yeah. whatever to get the card. They're right. like, cool, I have my cane. I'm just going to beat this girl with it. We're all set. So that's how a gross you misunderstanding a... of what a pimp is and I what know. a sex slave owner is. I think we took it a bit too far, maybe skipped some steps, yeah. added some in that. I like how, you know mm-hmm. what? I can't, I can't become a police officer. Police, pimp. All right, cool. Next best thing. Yeah. yeah. Already went down the whole goddamn alphabet. Let's go. Oh my God. They, um, the girls were also locked in separate rooms and wouldn't be allowed to leave unless they begged for permission. Uh-huh, okay. Mm-hmm. The two teenagers were able to flee Bono's home when, according to Wikipedia, Becky met a lawyer named David Wood. He arranged for Becky to leave LA and Sabra ended up escaping shortly thereafter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Talk about a pretty woman situation. That's like a real life one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thankfully they were able to find someone to help yeah. them. After the teenagers fled and the money stopped coming in, the cousins reached out to a sex worker named Deborah Noble, who claimed to have a trick list of men who purchased services from sex workers. Deborah arrived at Bono's home with her friend, Yolanda Washington, to sell the list to the men. However, the list turned out to be fake, and once the cousins realized this, they were livid and wanted to get revenge. Hell yeah. Sell my fake list. Mm Mm-hmm some all the fake lists that's awesome yes but the men did not take it very well surprise surprise would you say they have low impulse control and they're very irritable yeah i would yeah mm-hmm. hmm. interesting that's not because the lead they just suck yeah mm-hmm. bono remembered how the serial killer chessmen that he had looked up to when he was younger had tricked his victims by impersonating a police officer Bono had fake badges, and they used Bianchi sedan, which even resembled a police cruiser, minus the lights, to drive around L.A. So it was like a two-toned one, so it was that blue and white. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Two-toned sedan. Yeah. They were unable to locate Deborah, but they remembered that Yolanda had mentioned she worked in the Sunset Boulevard area, so they decided that she would be their target. Awesome. At 11 p.m. on October 17th, 
1977, Yolanda was walking down Sunset Boulevard when two men she believed were officers approached her. According to All That Is Interesting, Ronald Lemieux, a music store owner, later testified that he saw two men show Yolanda their badges, and then they handcuffed her and pushed her into the backseat of an unmarked sedan. Awesome. And, you know, Yolanda thought she was being brought in, but yeah. once inside the vehicle, Bianchi strangled her to death. That's not a normal police officer. Nope. No. Less than two weeks later, the cousins were driving down Sunset Boulevard again when they spotted 15-year-old Judy Miller. Bono and Bianchi convinced the young girl that they were going to hire her for sex work and led her to the sedan. They then pulled out their fake badges and drove her to Bono's auto upholstery shop, where they raped her and strangled her with a rope. Instead of going after only sex workers, the cousins decided they were going to go after and kill any woman, any victim that they chose. Cool! Mm -hmm. (laughs) They would actually just, you know, plan out and discuss where they would find their next victim and what they planned on doing to her once they got her either to the shop or Bono's house. Their third victim, 21-year-old Lisa Caston, was walking to her apartment when Bono and Bianchi, uh, Bianchi approached her doing their undercover cop routine. They were able to get her to the sedan by claiming they had to take her to the station for questioning, but instead they drove her to the auto shop where she was raped and murdered. Not long after, the cousins attempted to abduct 24-year-old Catherine Lore Baker, but when they approached her, and I guess they, like, asked to look at, you know, her belongings, her ID, whatever she had on her, they were, you know, going through them, and they discovered a picture of her with her father, who they realized was actor Peter Lore. Bono and Bianchi decided to let Catherine go, fearing that her abduction and murder would cause a media frenzy. Yeah. And I only, yeah, yeah, I read this only on Wikipedia, but Catherine apparently found out how close she had become a hillside strangler victim, like way after the fact. How would you sleep at night knowing, like, you were like that close? And like, thank God you had a picture of your dad in your wallet. Like, cool. So is the moral of the story being famous parents? Yeah. I'll keep no. that in mind, Dad. Step it up. Let's Would bring you? the trend back. I think it's just that people keeping, are shitty. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, let's bring the trend back of, you know, putting pictures of people in our wallets. I yeah. That could, you know, remember when you used to have that? When oh, you yeah. Card oh, yeah. holder and like, oh, uh, yeah. My dad still has it. Oh, so Aww. pictures of you in it? Yeah. And like, um, him and mom's wedding's picture. Aww. It is really sweet. That's really cute. It is cute. Aww. Yeah. Oh, my God. You, you and Clay can get him that for a present. Here you go. Keep that in your wallet. Mm hmm. Or just you in your wedding dress. Happy, happy Father's Day. Yeah, plays out. Just me. <laughs> just me. <laughs> and it, like, it seemed like during that interaction, she didn't even think anything was like really off either. Like again, when she found out later, she was just like, "Whoa!" She what thought the she heck? just got stopped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh shit. Yeah. Also, I'm glad that like the two of them kind of like looked at the picture and like, "Read mind. We're done here. Go." Instead yeah. of like, in like. One of them really still wanted it. Yeah, fuck it. Like, let's go. Like, woof. No, no. It's still terrible. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's terrifying. On November 9th, Bono and Bianchi approached 28-year-old Jane King at a bus bench in Hollywood. They raped and strangled her before dumping her on a hillside, and her body wouldn't be discovered until two weeks later. Four days after that, 12-year-old Dolores Cepeda and 14-year-old Sonia Marie Johnson had gotten off of a bus after finishing up a day of shopping when two officers walked up to them. They were taken to Bono's home where they were tied up, gagged, and held captive for five days. Awesome. No. And you know Bianchi, or 
Yankee. I said so Yankee, I could be wrong. Giddy to put that fake uniform on. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're disgusting. Yeah. They were repeatedly raped until Bono and Bianchi strangled them to death. Their bodies were literally thrown down a hill just four miles from Bono's home. Which tells you like what they thought of them. Yep. Great. Mm -hmm. The cousins decided they didn't want to pick their next victim off the street. So two days later, Bianchi contacted the home of 20-year-old Christina Weckler, whom he lived near. Christina knew Bianchi, and when he told her he was a police officer and he had, like, just received the report that her car had been in an accident, she believed him and went to meet him. And that was when she was abducted and forced into Bono's home. Also, bold strategy, Cotton. Yeah. Whoa, that's so, like, literally close to home. Yep, that close to home. And they subjected her to very atrocious things. The men placed a plastic bag over her head, and with a gas pipe attached to it, she was forced to breathe in carbon monoxide. And um, she was the one where they injected her arms and neck with different cleaning solutions. And they were hoping to get, like, to cause a pulmonary embolism. I don't know what that is. So that's when, like, there's a blood clot in your lungs' arteries. Why? Because they're crazy. I don't know. Like, they're not even so smart you men. You yeah. can't get into... Mm-mm. You yeah, think they... you dumbasses are going to figure out how to do anything medical? No. Do it for yourselves. Mm. I think it's just that like slow torture and they just wanted to make their victims suffer, which is, again, terrible. That's it's awful. Honestly gross. On November 28th, the cousins drove to San Fernando Valley where they spotted 18-year-old Lauren Wagner driving home. They followed her and watched as she parked in a spot across the street from her parents' house. Bono and Bianchi approached her when she got out of her car and, you know, flashed her their badges. They informed her that they were undercover officers and that she needed to come with them. Lauren um, wasn't having it, and she refused to get into their car. Yeah! Yeah. Since she resisted... (laughs) That's okay. Since she resisted, a bit of a struggle ensued, but the cousins were able to force Lauren Mm. into the sedan, Um, which makes sense why her keys are still left in her car and, you know... That's what was found later. Yeah. At Bono's home, the men tied Lauren to a chair and gagged her. They tortured her using electrocution by tying wires to her hand and then plugging the wires in when they wanted to administer a shock. That's so, like, childish, though. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Like, just to, like, because there's not even, like, a theme where it's like, oh, this is my weird kink. No one let me do it. Whatever. They're just, like, playing at things to see what's the grossest yeah. worst thing they can do they're like That's what disgusting. can we do next yeah like, what's and again shit? they're impressed with themselves for being sadistic children and they're oh, yeah. impressed enough to keep trying different things and excitedly putting on a police uniform when you could not get yeah. into a police job that's well, like if and, I put on a suit every day because I couldn't get into the HR position. Yeah. Well, and they haven't even been caught either. So it's like, what can we do next? Yeah. What can we get away with next? They feel like they're How can we be dirty, world? dirty boys? That's yeah. disgusting. Mm-mm. Very mm. disgusting. I'm calling them boys. They're acting terrible. No. Yeah. On December 13th, Bianchi contacted an escort service pretending to be a client. He gave them the address for a vacant apartment building in the complex he actually lived in. Again. Oh my bolt. god. Yes. Seventeen year old Kimberly Martin arrived to find both Bianchi and Bono in the room. She immediately realized she was in danger and she tried to fend off her attackers, but she was unable to escape, receiving a head injury in the process. Kimberly was tossed into the sedan and taken to Bono's shop where the cousins raped and strangled her. 
on just another terrifying note, like I swear this episode just kept on like ah, punching me in like, the gut every time with this information. Yes. Um, Bianchi was still a volunteer for the LAPD reserves and he was definitely inserting himself like into the investigation in a way he joined. Yeah. yeah. So he's like fucking no, he kind of has like at least a little taste of what's going on. Mm-hmm. So he joined officers on patrols and ride alongs. He even went out on a patrol with a sergeant two days after murdering Kimberly Martin. He fired oh such God. a boner. That's just disgusting. Yeah. And during this patrol, he asked the sergeant questions, you know, regarding the investigation um, and like even the dump site too, basically trying to see like what the LAPD like knew or any information that they had about the hillside strangler. But the sergeant like really didn't have any information to share and didn't really know. Thank God. Yeah. Do you know much about like the case. good people right now in bad situations and they hate their lives and this prick gets to go on ride alongs and live out his fantasy. Yep. yep. I mean, even something as simple as like, ones. yeah, tomorrow night we're going to circle blah, blah, blah park. Okay, cool. I know. Stay away from there. Thanks. Like, ah, you do not yeah, deserve happiness. He's sir. No. gross. Honestly, like I'm yeah. not doing good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On February 16th, 1978, Cindy Lee Hudspeth walked into Bono's shop to schedule an appointment to get some upholstery work done on her Datsun. Both Bono and Bianchi were at the shop, and um, I'm assuming with no other customers around, they decided that Cindy would be their 10th victim. She was raped, tortured, and strangled, and her body was dumped into the trunk of her car. The men then drove the Datsun to the Los Angeles Crest Highway, and like once they reached the top of a nearby cliff, they got out of the car and pushed it off. Cool. The fact that the cousins had been able to evade capture from police, um, like I had mentioned, appeared to have gone to Bianchi's head since apparently he was literally telling people he was a hillside strangler. But since he was a liar, no one believed him. Great. Yeah. All around great guy. Yeah. The Bono who cried wolf. Yes. (laughs) Well, Bianchi. The Bianchi. Bianchi who cried wolf. My bad. The cousins. The cousins. Don't be... Oh, I was trying to think of like yanking my chain. Don't be yanking my chain. Uh-huh. Oh. Still sucks. Still. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. And I just want to call oh, Bono bad. the Bozo. Bono the Bozo. I like it. I like it. With I six. do. Yeah. We're keeping it. The it's opposite of nice double Bs. Mm-hmm. 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 So, <sighs> Bono at this time was starting to get worried that Bianchi was running his mouth a bit too much. So yeah. he <laughs> told them they were done and that they couldn't work together anymore. No, no, oh, right. no. no. I have to go back to being a pimp. Oh, no. They were no were longer best pimps? friends. Not really. No. <laughs> they were murderers. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you're right. You're right. I'll take it back. I'll take it back. I guess I have to learn how to really be a pimp. Oh. <laughs> we're too dumb to be pimps. You're right. Yeah. They, yeah. He did not go that route. That same month, Bianchi and his girlfriend welcomed their firstborn son. Oh, cool. He appeared to be a caring father, but three months later, his girlfriend left him and moved to Bellingham, Washington. In order to stay in his son's life, Bianchi followed them to Washington and began working as a security guard. Mm. That, um, while he was working, that was when he spotted 22-year-old Karen Mandick, 27-year-old Diane Wilder, on January 12th, 1979. He walked up to the college students and asked them if they would be willing to watch over one of the properties he was guarding. What? Yeah. And if they accepted, he would pay them a hundred bucks. I don't know if that's total, a hundred bucks each, but today that would be like a little less than like $400. You know this job I have? 
Could you do it? <laughs> I really just don't want to do it. I, I yeah. Wanna, I don't want to go. It's, I, I have a lot of problems. Yeah. So this, yeah, because this is interesting because it is unclear, like, how he was able to convince both girls to come into the building. And then they were also, like, led to the basement, too. <laughs> so, yeah. Probably so they have a wet bar in the basement. They're like, we love drinks. Yeah. Let's go. I love water. I'm only saying that because I'm at a wet bar, not because I think these girls are dumb. No. No. Yeah. So somehow he was able to get them into the building. How or if they were forced, who knows? Um, but they were led to the basement where they were later, um, or they were both later raped and strangled. However, Bianchi wasn't as careful, um, without Bono around, and he left a lot of evidence at the crime scene. The following day, police discovered Karen's abandoned car with both Karen and, um, Dan's bodies inside the trunk. Yes. Yeah. Police questioned Bianchi's boss, who revealed where Bianchi was residing, and they quickly found and arrested him for the murders. Idiot. So again, we're kind of back during the questioning. Investigators obviously determined Bianchi was involved in the Hillside Strangler murders, but in order to arrest his cousin Bono, they had to strike a deal with Bianchi. Mm. If he and his cousin end up going to trial in Los Angeles and he gives them an honest testimony, then the death penalty for um, the murders of Karen and Diane will be thrown out. He ultimately agreed to the plea deal, and instead of going to trial, he pleaded guilty to seven counts of murder which included the two murders in Washington and five of the murders he committed in California. Okay. Um, Bono's home and auto shop were searched, but his obsessive cleaning regime made it extremely difficult for the forensic Mm. team to find evidence. Luckily, they discovered upholstery material in the workshop that matched the fiber that had been found on Judy Miller's eyelid. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's some good-ass detective work. uh Uh-huh. Especially for back then. Yeah. Yeah. They also found a fiber um, either like on or in, um, inside or wherever, a chair in the living room, which matched the fiber that had been found on Lauren Wagner's body. Okay. So since they were able, exactly. So since they were able to link two of the victims um, to Bono's house and the shop, he was arrested and his trial began on November 16th, 1981. The trial lasted almost two years, which at the time was the longest trial in U.S. criminal history. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they'd even mentioned that, like, Bianchi was, like, on, like, at the stand for, like, six months out of the time. that I think is true. I remember hearing that. How crazy. Because he was so excited to talk about it. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Well, and getting into that, he obviously did not keep his promise to investigators, and apparently he changed his story on the stand several times. Well, he loves the attention. Yeah. I don't of course. Lose my, my publicity. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. That um, didn't alter the jury's decision, though. And in November 1983, Bono was found guilty on nine counts of murder. He ended up being acquitted for Yolanda Washington's murder since he had been the one driving the car while Bianchi had killed her. So that was the only one he got, Fine. didn't get charged with. Yeah. Both Bianchi and Bono were sentenced to life in prison. Some people consider this a case of folia due, uh, with Bono being the ringleader, while Bianchi um, was the dependent, um, you know, younger cousin following his older cousin and doing everything Bono told him to do. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. I, I also don't agree, he but... He seemed like he was on a power trip. Couldn't see, be a cop. Couldn't I get the power he wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like every other time we've talked about Folia Do, it's been very, like, whoa. 
that's like really weird. Yeah. It's like really weird stuff. And this one is just like, no, you're just being a dick. Oh, yeah. It was like briefly brought up in the episode, so I thought I'd mention it, but I really don't see that as a case. I don't know, because you could argue would they have ever killed if they had lived together and had like the isolation they needed? I, 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 it could have triggered it. I mean, a witch's brew is yeah. what it is. A witch's brew, yeah. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Um, so interestingly, um, before I kind of end everything, Bianchi was a suspect in the alphabet murders where, um, three children were kidnapped, sexually assaulted and murdered in Rochester, New York from, um, or between 1971 to 1973. Bianchi worked as an ice cream vendor at the time, and he had been working near two of the crime scenes. His car was also, um, apparently similar to a description of a suspicious vehicle that had been spotted near the area one of the children had been abducted from. That's well, then take fully ado fluffy. and toss it out the window. They're both disgusting. That's well, my, like, literally well, <laughs> biggest, that's... it's definitely, like, really weird, um, to say the least. Yeah. Um, and he hasn't been charged with alphabet murders. Um, he continues to deny having any involvement. However, there's a long list of suspects, and... Um, the alphabet murders are unsolved. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a case I could cover in the future, but I thought that was interesting to put in. Like yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe he was involved in something else. And again, maybe it wasn't this potential folio do or whatever. Maybe he was terrible Off for a long time. Yeah. 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 And he had been doing this before he moved in with his cousin. Bono was serving his sentence at California's Calipatria State Prison, but he suffered from a heart attack in September 2002 and died at the age of 67. Bianchi uh, continues to serve his sentence at the Washington State Penitentiary. According to All That Is Interesting, he married a pen pal from Louisiana in September of 1989, and in 2010, he requested parole, but his request was denied. Is he still alive? Um, I didn't see, I'm going to assume so, especially since he was like, what was he? He was like, well, I guess he was like around. Dear Crip, I heard (laughs) you have the tiniest ween and all women dominate you because you are an idiot. Just like all the things he would say to a woman and just watch him like. Yeah. As far as I don't, I don't think he's passed away. Um, but Yeah. So he's Gross. still currently in prison. Yeah. Sorry, that was a terrible one. That is the story of the Hillside Stranglers. The only reason you weren't caught longer is because more men were on the police force. And if it had been women, since we are superior, we would have caught you, sir. Yeah. Actually, take out the sir. You don't serve it. No. Man child. Man child. Yep. Asshole. I liked Prick a lot. That was a Thank good way to start it. Felt it felt yeah. on the nose. I may write a letter. I'm going to have yeah. a bitch bit and write a letter. I'll sign it. Yeah. Thank you. Same. Morgan, do you have something that maybe will lift our spirits up a little bit? Uh, <laughs> may it, may yeah, it... I mean, it's a lot less dark than that. Well, so... that's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Much appreciated. Uh, it's not a monster. Uh, I kind of went like a little bit of a different route. And uh, I haven't, I feel like I haven't done one like this in a while, if ever, question mark. So um, while I chose this topic because I like what I thought the symbol of protection was, and it was really cool, I learned right away that there is a huge difference between the evil eye and the amulet oh. that protects you. Oh, I have a evil eye little thing. My my grandparents just came back from Greece, and apparently in Greece they <gasps> like lo- they have that symbol everywhere. Yeah. So my grandma gave me like something I could put as like on my keychain. That's it's really so cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's on my car keys. It's awesome. really cool. Okay, so yeah. you learned all about it today yeah. because my topic is Legend of the Evil Eye. It actually brings you bad luck, so. Ooh, ooh, awkward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just 
Okay, good. Uh, good. So BBC.com states, quote, Though often dubbed as the evil eye, the ocular amulet is actually the charm meant to ward off the true evil eye, a curse transmitted through a malicious glare, usually inspired by envy. Okay. So hmm. if you technically, if you're referring to what you wear, what you keep on your keychain as the evil eye, that's not technically correct. Okay. Because it's the protection. The evil eye is what it's protecting you from. That's cool. Yeah, I had no idea. I was like, okay. Legend of Evil Eye, and like, first thing that came up was like, <laughs> let's get one thing clear. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, so, while many of the amulets or other jewelry are many colors today, long ago they were the classic blue beads that you see most often, and before that they were made of ceramic or clay. Okay. Oh. Uh, the idea of this concept has been around, as Wikipedia says, quote, since at least Greek classical antiquity, 6th century BC, where it appeared um, on, oh, I'm going to mess up the pronunciation. No, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Do it. Appeared on. Chalcidian? Ch- <laughs> Chalcidian? Oh, Chalcidian. That one, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know. Yeah, mm. Chalcidian. <laughs> I, I, so sorry. I'm so I sorry. I sometimes get a southern twang. What it's am I going to do, correct? C-H-A-L-C-I-D-I-N-A. Mm. Close enough. For- anyway, <laughs> on some cool drinking vessels known as eye cups as a type of uh, ape Apotropatic magic. A p o t r o p a i c. Magic. 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 So magic. let's break that down. I have my eye on a pot. <laughs> Chalicidian quote a distinguished group of fed of a federal state that existed on Chalidice. It's a place. Okay. Okay. I cup a cup. Uh, a cup type from ancient Greek pottery having a pair of eyes painted on them. Whoa, that yeah. would be nuts to see. Yeah. Like, we, we need eye cups. Yeah, let's yes. eye cups. So it's also like when you pull it up, it's like on <gasps> your eyes. Like, think about it. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, if you cool. Google it, yeah, the pictures are kind of cool. So I'll have that as well as obviously like the charms and such. Um, so the magic that I referred to is a type of magic intended to turn away harm or evil influences in de, uh, in, and in deflecting misfortune or averting the evil eye. So basically, from what I understand, it's just like, hey, I can see, I have my eyes out. Like, I'm, Ooh. yeah, there's the cup. That's so So it's cool. like a chalice. So like whenever you take your hands and go up, it's supposed to like cover your eyes. So it looks like you're always aware. Mm. Yeah, it's weird, dude. Very weird. Uh, this has transformed into the modern uh, design used today. They can be in any form of jewelry or even just hanging on a chain. So obviously with them being jewelry, you can wear them or sometimes hang them from the entrance um, into your home. So a lot of people like put it over your main entry door. Okay. Yeah. Um, on townandcountrymag.com, the author states that they often wear an amulet for protection, but not every day. Though... They do wear it when they, quote, feel additional protection is needed. Hmm. And while some say those who are outgoing are loud, (coughs) (laughs) (laughs) a.k.a. getting praise from others are more at risk, should you need protection, note that the proper name for the amulet is Nazar. 
Nazar. So sorry. Nazar. It's N-A-Z-A-R. I'm very okay. sorry. Okay. So basically, the whole thing with like being loud and outgoing is originally when I quoted what they think the evil eye generates from is the like that evil look of envy. So if okay. you're getting a bunch of praise of like, oh, you're so like, uh, like attention is uh-huh. being brought on you, then you're more likely to have people envy you. Okay. So therefore, even if it's accidental, if you are looked at with the eye of envy, then it's technically the evil eye. Mm. Yeah, y'all need better friends. So it's, it's all yeah. from what I again. This is it's very deep. It's also different in lots of different cultures. I I kept it short and sweet for this week, and I'm sure I could dive into it in the future. But like different cultures use it for different things and have kind of differing reasons and how long they've used it. Um, sometimes it's like I read I can't remember what kind, but it's like a wedding gift. You're supposed to like give it to the bride and groom for like protection. So very different. But again. It is not the evil eye that you're wearing. Okay. You're yeah. wearing the Nazar to protect you. Uh, okay. Medium, yeah. Medium.com states the basilisk is, oh, quote, me. the evil eye in animal form. Whoa. And then death at a single glance. And I was like, oh, it said, note Harry Potter. Like, underneath <laughs> it. And I was like, oh. So it's basically, again, proving that if it makes in the whole thing with Harry Potter. And um, other urban legends is if the basilisk makes eye contact with you, you die. If remember yeah. how her, right. the mirror, yep. yeah, Hermione mm-hmm. saw it in the mirror and it petrified her. So it's like, yeah, death at a glance, literally. So, oh. Yes. Uh, so whether you are just wanting uh, everyday spiritual protection or feel something bad is coming, wearing the Nazar is believed to bring you quote good luck and protects you from any ill will. And that is from EvilEyeCollective.com. So, does anyone want to wear a Nazar now that they've heard this? I do. Is there something you can't buy it for yourself, though? Does someone else have to buy it for you? I didn't see that okay. anywhere, but it could be true. Um, it, the first article I pulled up was like, Meghan Markle has one, so here's what we're talking about. Oh. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no. all right, cool. Like, that's Sweet. Not why I'd want to wear one, but yeah. okay. But yeah, I mean, and if that's the other thing too is if sorry, Meghan Markle wore an evil or na- wow, what is like Nazar? Nazar, it's like I started. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted she to wear it until I heard she had. I don't like her that much. Really, I got feelings. Yeah, I don't really know her know about her very well. But she doesn't have a good vibe. Gigi Hadid also is a big now um, Nazar wearing <laughs> person, okay. and it's just um, for me looking at all the different varying pictures of them. Like I guess t- I kind of took it as. When you purchase like a pendulum, which I've talked about in a past episode, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be the one that like speaks to you and like that you feel most drawn to. I feel that it'd be the same for a Nazar because there are so many different types. I mean, there are companies that mass produce jewelry and that's like one of the things they make. That's not really my vibe. I don't think I would like go for that, but they have really cool designs of it. It's like, you know, the eye shape and the whole thing is just like rhinestones. Or they have still the glass beads that you can hang, you know, as a necklace, bracelet, earrings, whatever you want to do. But um, they do also come in the multiple colors. But blue is the traditional. Okay. Yeah. So I can show you mine that's upstairs. Yeah, yeah, mom got me. Yeah, it was really cool. Well, I'll take a picture of that. Yeah, yeah, you definitely can. A real life one. A real life one. It's like a glass one. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So again, kids are short and sweet. There's lots of different cultural aspects, and I did not want to confuse them or misspeak on somebody's you know, deep rooted cultural beliefs on that. So I yeah. kind of tried to keep it vague. Um, but yeah, there's, it's a long, deep history. And I, 
kind of want one now. So yeah, yeah, Same. yeah. I like knowing. Like it was cool. Like I was like, oh yeah, it's cool. It's jewelry. Like it's beautiful. It's so interesting. But it's like no, no. Like it actually. To me, I kind of connected with the purpose of it. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We don't want any ill will around here. Uh-uh. No, no. Good vibes yeah. only. Yeah. So yes. all my all my sites will be sourced in the show notes, but um, it was very they every site really like put it very eloquently. So good. I'll have it there. But yeah, uh, that wraps up episode eighty eight. Yeah, eighty eight. Wow, y'all, eighty eight. Feeling great. Mm-hmm. And we're like halfway through October by this point? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Shooey. <laughs> Shooey. Uh, next time we record, uh, <laughs> I will have had my bachelorette. Whoops. Shooey. Shooey. Uh, yeah. So will we be recording Sunday? I think probably not. not. Well, actually, I'm going to the Cardinals game, so never mind. <laughs> maybe, maybe Monday. Okay. Mm-hmm. I still maybe, hopefully like, it will be recovered by then. <laughs> I, could, I preemptively took the day off. There so you go. That was I, I smart. Should be, I should be chipper. I should be fine. Say yeah. good on you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, with that, that was episode eighty-eight. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed. Next week is just another episode of our individual topics. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've liked what you heard today or in the past, make sure you leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, our last game that we played and our game we played this week. Week, we'll definitely have a video on there for you to laugh along with <laughs> our silliness yes. <laughs> um if you have any topic ideas or game suggestions whether the game be for a certain group episode or not or you know topics for a group episode or individual just yep. let us know um it is sinister sunrise podcast at gmail.com um zerosweat.com if you want to use a 20 percent off of a 15 dollar purchase or more so you don't have the what it pits get on it please that's it i think so yeah all right cool stay sinister bye bye